Welcome to London Film Club with me, Arisa Baker, your weekly instalment into all films theatre, all things film, right here in the capital. We are joined today by our ever so faithful resident film reviewer, David Brake. When he's not doing this, he's busy being the editor-in-chief of online film blog, One Room with a View. Hello there. Today's guest is the editor of the website, The Movie Jerk, Jans Anton Iago. Hello. Welcome. I shall Thank be talking you. to Thank them you. both in a moment, but first, let's have a look at what's on today's show. We'll be getting all paranormal and supernatural with anticipated sequel, The Conjuring 2. Larger than life film, Gods of Egypt, show us a different side of the Egyptian war. Plus, we get taken through a rundown of a few of Italy's most famous stories in Tale of Tales. Right, let's kick it all off with the first one, The Conjuring 2. So this is a sequel of the first one, The Conjuring. Yes. Tell us all about it, Break. Well, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren are basically uh, a pair of sort of supernatural mediums, and now they're, where for the first one was set in Amateurville, they are now in Ealing. And so this time they have the case of a mysterious being, we're not sure what, uh, having taken over a household of a mother and four children. So that's how it's sort of, that's the basic setup without ruining anything further. Um, in so Ealing or in Enfield? Enfield. Oh yeah, my goodness. My Enfield hometown's Ealing, man. I think oh. it was in Enfield. <laughs> Sorry, London. But that being said, the film, although it can be mistaken because it is sort of almost a carbon copy of the original. See how I saved myself there? <laughs> yeah. uh, and the thing is, is that it, is, it does largely copy the first one, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, I think uh, it's James Wan is the director of it. He directed yeah. the first one, which was the sleeper hit in 2013. And what they've largely done is sort of taken the structure of the first one and just sort of changed it to Enfield. Well, if it ain't broke, do you fix it? Well, I, I just, yeah, I think, I think don't fix it. Why bother? Yeah, there is, there is a formula present in there, I suppose. Um, it's, it's, it gets a little bit repetitive, though, yeah. because yeah. It, 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 it goes back to the old horror tropes and the old horror cliches, and, yeah. and, and James Wan just pretty much wings all the, yeah. you it's know, like in the playbook. door slamming, TV switching mm. on and off again, you know, creaky windows. Why is that moving? And, and then there's so much, just so much furniture you can see flying across yeah, the room. Yeah, there's a lot of furniture. Tricks, and he just like pulls they've been to Ikea and everything. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think it's it is good because sometimes that yes they are all we've seen before but because they're kind of done so well you don't mind it you you, you sort of I and I ended up being caught out by a couple of the tricks I was sort of like that did scare me and I'm I think to myself why because I know that's there you coming go, yeah. of course yeah but I think and I think that comes down to James Wan the director I think he deserves a lot of credit for that of course but yeah, if you're yeah. going to watch the movie for those tricks you're going it's a horror film you know yeah, why course, you're going yeah, to see yeah. it yeah exactly so. and I think he knows that like he's very good at making films without gore so he's done Saw and people often forget the original Saw was actually a psychological thriller rather than just a gore fest and I think he is largely aided by the cast. Of that course, was the one yeah. we both agreed and on. Yeah. Vera from Farmiga and that was they're excellent actors and yes. they, they just really completely nailed their characters with such authenticity and and even even their um, the, the being them as a couple is yeah. just so believable. Yes, yeah, I think absolutely. that's what makes the film. Yeah, because that's the problem with a lot of horror films is that you often get sort of like blank model A, blank model B, yeah. blank model C. And Blank Model B is going to be the one that dies, you know. But luckily for Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson, you've actually got a couple of real integrity mm -hmm. and some actual good actors. So they that. really carry the story then. Yeah, exactly. And that sort of stops it from being your sort of B movie into actual a movie that you can actually enjoy with some heart and some actual shock. So it becomes more of a, a sort of complete package, I'd say. Well, a horror movie <laughs> with a bit of heart, that's... Well, yeah, to a point. That's not very often. <laughs> 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 or was that used very lightly? 
Well, do you think there's any more legs for the Conjuring series? Do you think there'll be a Conjuring 3, Conjuring well, 4? Yeah, I, I think it's one of those things that, like we were saying, it is sort of a base model. Like, it, you know, you can change it from Enfield, Ealing, <clears throat> to um, Amateurville. You know, it doesn't really matter where it goes, so long as you sort of make the nice tweaks, the localizations. I think it'd be successful anywhere. Yeah, and yeah. it's something that, you know, that, that, as, as I said earlier, the formula, and they can literally go around the world and search for, you know, like... like um, That's what they've ensured with this, haven't they? They've kind of come to the UK exactly. now. Yeah. Tick. We don't yeah, know. Exactly. Well, let me guess as to who will be next, right? Exactly. And then there's so much haunted houses in the world, so oh, they pretty so much can cover. <laughs> why don't you tell us where you think they should be heading to next? That'd be an interesting, <laughs> oh, that was good. interesting oh, campaign good. to start off. Right, the next film is a really strange one Cemetery of Splendor. But tell us all about it, David. So, yeah, when it comes to like, tell us all about it, it's a really hard one to nail down yeah. because I can Absolutely. give you the rough plot. So yeah. I can say that it's set in a Thailand village. And there are these soldiers who are having a weird, struck with a weird sleeping illness. They mm. can't sort of wake up. And then we sort of join them in as we follow sort of one of the sort of soldiers being, his spirit being imbued into another person. But that's kind of the story, but then yeah. kind of totally it, not the story. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those films that just doesn't concern itself so much with the plot. Yes. It's more about the atmosphere and, and, and the mood. Yeah. And, and there's, there's so much sort of vague and, and sort of meaningless, seemingly meaningless. Yes. What is its selling point then? If it's well, not the plot... Well, I think, I think, I think you ha we... It's one of the terms I come up with, like, sort of a magic realism, in the mm -hmm. sense that it's real day life, you know, sort of, you know, cars going past, you know, living their normal life, and then there's sort of these magical elements where, you know, there are spirits and there are sort of weird illnesses and olden time relations. So I think, I think I come up with a simple, like, sort of graph for it. Basically, <laughs> imagine enjoyment and patience like this. So if you have lots of patience for this sort of very languid, very beautiful mm -hmm. human film, maximum enjoyment. If you really kind of want something to cling to, some stories, some plot per se, you are not going to enjoy this film. See, my, my face, even as you say that, is a bit like... Well, you see, <sighs> but that's why we do this. We cover everything. You have, you have <laughs> course, Conjuring yeah. 2, nice and shocky horror, and then you have Cemetery of Splendor, which offers you something a bit different. What, did you view it in a very similar way, or um, patience, I, enjoyment? It is, it is really a patience-testing film, yeah. Yeah. definitely. And, and I think your reaction, anyone's reaction to this film, really is you can get it out of when you're, you know, it depends on what time of the day you're watching it and what mood are you in. Yeah. But if you're in that right mood, you actually find it quite calming and peaceful. And, and where is it? Of course, um, um, films are it's pretty much acquired taste. That's his style, basically. Exactly. And once you get through that and let it wash over yeah. you, you, you see some, you see some certain moments. Well, in similar, that film. like, to slow TV. You know, it's slow, slow cinema. TV. Really. It is, it's yeah. the ultimate slow, slow cinema. cinema. I personally felt it had too much of a light touch, where he's so yeah. desperate to sort of let the river flow without really changing yeah. it, that I don't necessarily feel there was as much direction as sort of his previous films. And I feel that that sometimes gets a bit lost, which means that you are sort of you can experience you know the languid yeah. beautiful moments of humanity but then you kind of want something to cling on to otherwise it's sort of a bit I know, you do get a bit it, lost in the jungle it, it was a whole load of nothingness though in my opinion oh, I personally hated it it's not that it. bad I know I you did but it's <laughs> not that bad it's like within I, the no, first couple of minutes it just felt like pulling but then tea. again that's the, that's the whole patience enjoyment thing you yeah. know you have to really buy into what Peter Pong's doing and if you don't then obviously you you know you can't but really embrace it but is there any it. kind of justification for three minutes of a scene of someone massaging a yes. sleeping 
There is always, there is always justification for everything. And it, yes, I think one of the things that this does, much like sort of the work of Nicholas Winding Refn, it sort of blurs the line between art and cinema. You know, where does it stop? When do yeah. I have to? When does the director have to give us a, you know, a story yeah. per se? And when can they not just sort of tell us a beautiful sort of artistic and, and movement? What's fascinating about him is like he reminds me a bit of David Lynch, where he really blurs yeah, the line between good. reality and fantasy and what's spiritual and what's the corporeal. Mm. Yeah, so but you ultimately. Don't you know, it's, it's would you movement. recommend it? I would, would you recommend I, I it? I would recommend it for art house lovers. Yes. Art film That's lovers. Literally so is that the general consensus? One. I think if, if, yeah. you, if you like his former films and you like a bit of patience, then go for it. But if you are going to watch it on Tuesday night... So if you are a patient human being and are an art house lover, yes. go and see it. I There's say that niche. with my face There's like this. It's the perfect cinematic sleeping pill, if you like. Cinematic sleeping pill. I think we should leave it at that. Cinematic sleeping pill. Right, the next film today is Gods of Egypt. So, epic, not so epic, tell us all about it. Oh, boy. <laughs> OK, I could do a top-line thing, because I'm giving it more credit for the plot than it gives us the plot. Yeah. So the story, roughly, is that um, the mortal Beck is basically uh, helping the god of Horus, trying to get his eye, and the idea being that he's trying to take it back from the evil set, who's basically Gerard Butler. Yeah. He's supposed to be Egyptian, but he's definitely Scottish. And so the that's basically the plot. He's, like, really uh, obviously Scottish, isn't Yes, it? he's really obviously <laughs> Scottish. And basically, Gerard Butler kind of sums up largely what's wrong with this movie, in the sense that it's terrible. And the idea that he's terrible and a lot of the cast are terrible. And it's, it's a bit of a problem, really, because Brenton Thwaites is the, sort of the lead actor. He plays yeah. Beck. And bless, he's really been sort of lumbered with a terrible script. But he's, he's one of the key core things. See, look at that he's side. Just, he's just it's... incredibly dull. <sighs> Yeah. The, 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 it's sigh. You can, you tell can the only sigh after that. Yes, yes, that yes, yeah. We could go on about the fact that the acting is cardboard and all the rest of it. And there, there are certain scenes that just make you laugh out loud at how bad they are. Because there's one scene where he's facing a sort of traumatic moment where one of the characters he holds dear dies. And does he cry? No. Does he? Just don't believe him. Does he no. do an emotional thing? He sort no, of goes, it's huh? and then runs off to go chase a <laughs> god. And it's sort of. These are, you know, like blockbusters have to be, or do have to have a spectacle element to it, but you have to have You're a right, bit of You're right, though. The whole thing is like this. That's the problem. Yes. It's like yeah. death scenes, happy scenes, yeah, just triumphant. So the problem is, is that it, it's trying so desperately to pre-franchise. You can see everything being set up, all the pillars, and it feels like you're following a set of rules. It feels like someone's reading the rules to you, reading them all the way along the way. And, and everything is just so overblown. Like, yeah. Over the top does not even begin to cover this film, basically. Exactly. That, and, and it's sort of that weird balance. I found where it's sort of yeah. all the CGI, it's either it's big or you're small. And it, you're either, you know, big and explosive in the middle, but there's no interesting It's just, shots. again, sold as something it's not, but it's got such... It does have a great cast on yes, paper. Yes. That's um, the thing. I, and I what think, do you make of that, Jans? I actually think they spent so much more money on the cast and they forgot budget for the script and yeah. the CGI. There are moments when <laughs> the CGI was just so, so terrible. It felt like you were in the 90s, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah it felt That's like exactly a 90s. It. And it's just this weird, you know, some of, the, some of the plot stories just don't make sense and the cast just don't feel right or natural. And I think it all, again, you know, where we were saying James won before was to credit for the Conjuring success. It, it's the problem here that Alex Proyas, who called us critics or vultures, which was great, <laughs> by the way, in the sense that he doesn't really sort of direct, you know, there's David, you really took that personally, didn't I you? I did. It's really tough. You know, my wings have been clipped. <laughs> and, you know, the idea that basically, I just feel like, 
there's not that much. You didn't really like his filmography too much, do you? I mean, in terms of iRobot no, and the rest. I mean, he directed no, iRobot. I'm not a fan which... of his filmography at all, to be honest. Not even iRobot? I, no, I mean, I, that could well. No, not quite. I just find Alex Pryor is quite a maximalist director that he needs to, to, to blow things up. He's almost like quite similar to Roland Emmerich. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I, fe I feel like. Alex Proyas is sort of a made a live action adaptation of the Disney films. Like it, it starts as Aladdin that turns into a Lion King yeah. and then becomes a Hercules in oh, the that's end. That's good. So that's yeah. that's pretty much what the film is about, really. And it's nowhere near as good as any I of them. I think maybe that's being a, a far too kind, likening it to yeah. those epic <laughs> Disney it's, it, features. It's a film Come on, out of time. That's the problem. It should have come yes, three years yeah. ago when Roman epics were huge. Out, I think out of dated is a nice way to kind of yeah. summarize yes. that yes. one because yeah. it's sold as epic. But it's yeah. very out of date. Mm. Yes, I think absolutely. maybe with that we can move on to the last one. Finally, yes. we have Tale of Tales. So this again, I think had you slightly divided. Tell us all about it, Jans. So um, this Italian director, um, Matteo Garoni, that ad adapts this um, three seemingly disparate tales from the 17th century writer yep. Giambattista Basile. Um, uh, so these, these, it's basically the film, entire film is about these three royals who basically um, does really crazy weird things just to achieve happiness, and that's that's pretty much the entire film. And in in the in, in while watching, you feel like, what is the whole point of these three stories interweaving together? Yeah. And mm. what I liked most about it was that Garone, Garone pretty much concerns himself with the storytelling. Rather than the whole sort of moral fairy tale thing, where yeah. many Hollywood I think, I think films. I think that's true, that. and I think you can see from the poster the fact that, that this is not your average fairy tale. Yeah. You know, Cinderella is not going to sit down for that kind of dinner. Yeah. Of but I think I think that's where the film sort of it makes its own market with mature audiences. You know, it clearly sets out that this is anti Hollywood, anti fairy tale, and I think it largely achieves a lot of that through the effects. You know, through the the staging and through the way it's shot and through the way it comes to fruition, like that giant you know monster's heart. The fact that Samuel Hayek really gets it's in there. Yeah. It's a fascinating sort of whole scene. It's yeah. almost like Brothers Grimm versus Disney, isn't it? But this is like very much well, the Brothers Grimm kind type of. of it's things. like it's taking Brothers Grimm because there was a, a, a version of that film, you know, about 2005, which was sort of a, a softer Hollywood version. Yeah. This is sort of the one that went down the different path. Yeah. The one that said, you know what, we're not going to soften any of our edges. How we're it was gonna... written. Exactly. If we're going to keep it nice and raw, we're going to keep it really powerful, we're going to emphasize the, sort of the luxurious renaissance elements of it. Yeah, and, it, and it's something you would probably expect if, if Pier Paolo Pasolini directed a film with someone like Terry Gilliam. That's yes. pretty much his naturalism and That's this, this magical yeah. fantasy combining together. What do you say of his artistic approach of it, though, and his kind of representation of the well, visuals? I mean, this poster in itself speaks... Yeah, it speaks, speaks volumes. And I think, I think the film, the, where, the strongest point of the film, you know, it's not perfect in my eyes, I think the strongest point of the film is the artistic direction of it. It is, it's beautifully vivid, you know, all the rich colours, the it's gorgeous... It's exquisitely set. directed. It I is. It, yeah. it, it's a beautiful sort of visualisation of it all. So I, I, I really sort of admire Garoni, because this is his first English yeah. language film. And I think, overall, to sort of evaluate the film as a whole. I think Taylor Tales, as we've gone on at length, is beautiful. There's almost times we kind of don't want the sound in one sense for me because yeah. it's so beautifully. T I mean, it is a great story. You can almost work as yeah. a gorgeously vivid sort of mm. almost picture book. And then that that scene where Salma Hayek was eating this Leviathan's heart pretty yeah. much mm. encapsulates the the whole point of the film. Really, yeah. we, these these are people, human beings, doing such crazy things just to understand happiness mm. and you know he, she's a child yeah. as well. I just think essentially when you do watch this film you need to know what it is you're watching. Yes. Yeah, I think so. And I think you can't go in cold. And that is a kind of 
a, a kind of a mashup of stories. But with that, that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for watching. Join us again next week for the film we have all been waiting for, Independence Day Resurgence. Catch you again next week. Same time, same place.